Thank you again, Brother Reno. It is always a blessing to be in God's house. Now, I hear preachers saying, or people, especially when they're talking to kids, they say, wouldn't you rather be here than the, the finest jail in the land? And I'm thinking, what kind of comparison is that? <laughs> David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There aren't very many places in the land I'd rather be than right in God's house. Because we get to meet him every week, well, several times a week, in a special way in the corporate place that he has assigned us to. We can meet with him privately at home, I get that, but it is just not the same as meeting in the house that he has given us for that purpose. And so I, whenever I hear that comparison, I think, what are they thinking? Sure, I'd rather be here than prison, but I would rather be here than most places because this is where God wants to, or has assigned to meet with his people, assigned for us to serve him and worship him. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the message tonight. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28. We'd been in Italy for nearly three months, and you're allowed to go over there for 90 days just on an American passport, and you don't have to apply for any special visas or anything, but if you stay a little too late, overstay your 90-day um, time frame, then you can get in trouble and you may not be allowed back into the country. Well, we had been there for something like 86 days. We had about four days left. We were in the airport in Rome, and we were waiting to get on our flight. We had gotten there early. We'd gone through all of the check bags and all that kind of stuff was done. We'd gotten through the, the main part of the airport and out to our terminals kind of way out at the end. And we'd been sitting there waiting for like an hour, hour and a half. And they finally called our boarding group. So we got up and we walked up there and the lady looked at us and said, those masks you're wearing are not sufficient. You can't get on the plane. So I said, okay. Um, do you have any masks there? We'd be glad to put them on. Oh, no, we don't have them. You just have to have them before you can get on the plane. Well, there were two lines, and the lady in the other line was letting people with the kind of masks we had on through no problem. It was obvious this lady had, uh, power had gone to her head, and she was aiming to give us a bad day. Well, I asked, okay, well, where can I get one? She says, right down the hall, and I said, okay, I'll be back. I head off down the hall and I see these vending machines there and I think maybe, and I go look and it's electronics and stuff. I've, there weren't any masks. And so I went on around the corner and there was this little newsstand area, one of those where they sell all of the different kinds of magazines and the, the snacks and drinks and stuff before you get on the plane. And there were no masks, at least none that were sufficient to meet the guideline. They were all gone. And the line was like, clear down the hallway, there's no way we would have had time to get through the line to pay for them had they had them before the plane loaded and left. Perfect time to panic, right? Well, we probably would have, and it was somewhat stressful. I must, I must admit, I didn't have quite as much faith as I should have. But when we first went to Italy, God had given us, uh, several things had come up. The first one was, how are we going to pay for three months in a foreign country where I can't work? And God says, Matthew, I've got this. And he took care of it. Then a couple of other times in Italy, things would come up, whether they'd be regulatory or red tape. There's a lot of red tape in Italy. And something would come up, and we couldn't get the computer system to work, and I couldn't get my green pass, so I couldn't really do much of anything. And God said, Matthew, I got this. And he took care of it. At the beginning of our trip, I was thinking, how am I going to take care of these? 
Well, as the trip went on, by the end of it, it's like, oh boy, what's God going to do this time? And so anyway, that was one of those days. We'll get to the rest of the story when we get done. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word, if you can. Matthew chapter 28, and yes, we're going to verses 18 to 20. That's the, the mission verses in this chapter. This is no, um, no new subject for you. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I thank you for your provision and your care for us. Lord, and I thank you that you've given us an opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So this woman thought she had the power over us, but she didn't understand the truth. Yes, she had some power. It came from her government, which came from God. Well, guess what? He has all the power. And he has the ability to take care of his kids wherever they are, whatever's going on. Jesus came to his disciples. Most of the time people will start preaching this. They'll read all three verses and then they'll start in verse number 19 with go ye therefore. And yes, that's where the command comes in. But the third word of that verse is therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Verse number 18, Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Now, what was the magnitude of the power of God that was given to Jesus? Is it that he has enough power to get us by day to day? Well, he certainly has that much. Is it that he has enough power to overcome one or two of our foes? Well, he certainly has that much, but it doesn't stop there. Does it mean that he has enough power to overcome all of our foes individually? Well, he has that too, but it's more than that. So does he have enough power to overcome all our foes if they ganged up on him at once? Well, yes, he has that and more. It doesn't stop and say he has some power. It doesn't say he has the most power. This is not one of those things where light and darkness are fighting each other and light barely has enough to beat darkness. No, He's got the power plug, and darkness is borrowing what power it's using from him. Do you realize that Satan can't do anything without God's permission? Job found out about that. Actually, I'm not sure that God ever told Job what happened, but we found out in Scripture in Job's life about that. Satan came up to heaven and said, um, it was showing up there with God, and God said, hey, I've got a servant down there, and I want to brag on him. This is a perfect man. Now, I don't, you can't get a better commendation than that. God said, he's a perfect man. Satan said, it's your fault that I can't touch him. You put a hedge about him, I can't touch him. And God said, okay, this is how far you can go. How far did Satan go? Exactly as far as God allowed and no further. Satan was not capable of going further, because he has to obey God too. 
I don't know what he's thinking, thinking that he can stand up against God. It blows my mind. But anyway, he goes back up to God and he says, God, you didn't let me go far enough. And God says, okay, Satan, you can go this far. You know how far he went? Just exactly as far as God allowed him to go and no further. You know why? Because the power he's using is borrowed from God. Because Jesus has all power. Now, the magnitude of God's power, he has it all. There is no doubt about it. The authority of his power is in Jesus Christ. He says, it's given unto me. Do you know when he uh, met the, there was a centurion who had a servant that was sick, sent to Jesus and said, come and heal my servant. And Je- or pray for my servant that he would be healed. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come and heal him. Well, the centurion sat back and said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But I know because I'm a man under authority and I have men under me and they do what I tell them to do. A little bit of a paraphrase there. He takes a little longer to say that. He says, I know that you can say the word and it will be done. I don't deserve the honor of you being under my roof, but I would really like for you to heal my servant, so please just say the word. And you know what Jesus said? I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Because he understood the authority of Jesus' power. Now, we can't just say the word and have nature obey us. That's of God. His his, servant, or his disciples found out when they were in the boat in the middle of the sea and the storm was crashing around that the nature, the winds and the waves obey him. When he said, peace be still, they were still. When he told, this, uh, when he told the sickness that was in this servant of the centurion to, to be gone, the servant was fine. It was just his word. The authority of his power extends to every area of life. It is not limited. There is is nothing outside of his authority. Now, he chooses to give us a free will, but that's because he has chosen that. And he's chosen not to override that. But he still won't allow our free will to overstep his bounds. Do you know if there's somebody that's trying to get to, to do something to you, they can't do it without his permission? I remember a preacher one time stepped out of his office and it was kind of a dark area of town and a man came up and pointed a gun at his head and said, the preacher said, what, you could have threatened me with heaven? You don't have any power over me. Scared the guy half to death because he never dealt with that kind of power before but we know the one who has it. Jesus has all power. Now, it's not that Jesus is going to to have all power. It's not that when Satan is finally defeated and thrown into the lake of fire, then Jesus will have all power. When did Jesus say he had that power? He said, all power is given unto me. When is that? That's right now. Is means it is a current reality. And this was before he ascended into heaven nearly 2,000 years ago. 
He has all power. You don't have to worry and try to get through until he's going to get his power and he can rescue you. No, he has the power now. And it will never change. He'll never lose it. He'll never be surprised. He'll never be defeated because he has all the power. And he currently, even right now. And this power is in Jesus Christ. And we also see here that there, the power that he has is not limited to things here on earth. He says, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. There are uh, evil spirits that try to cause us trouble, that cr- try to do harm to us, that try to give us, uh, well, what they're trying to do is to discourage us and keep us from witnessing to others so that others could get saved. They're trying to destroy our witness for the Lord. But you know what? Jesus has their power too. Because all the power in heaven is his, they can't touch you unless he allows it. And if he allows it, he has a good reason for it. They say that hope is the calm, confident assurance that everything will work out for his glory and my benefit. I don't have to know how God's going to work it out. I know that he will because he has all power and he chooses to do things in some very creative ways. I have no idea how he's going to take care of whatever problem it is I have at the time. I didn't have any idea how he was going to get us on the plane back in Rome. Had he chosen to, we could, it could have been that we had to leave the airport and go find a mask and reschedule the flight and get back in there, and he would have made sure that we could have gotten there in time not to cause a problem later. But our God is creative, and he knows exactly how, what he's going to do, even when we don't. But that power, it can come in any form. In heaven, you know of the evil spirits, the prince of the power of the air. All of that, they don't have any power against the Lord, but it's not limited to heaven. It's also good here on earth. Because sometimes people stand up against us to resist us and cause us trouble. Paul mentions a couple of them in one of his epistles. And he talks about Jannies and Jambres who resisted Moses. In, in the Old Testament. But ultimately, whatever power they're trying to exhibit is being borrowed from God, and they can't go any further than he allows. But it's not limited to just people. Sometimes groups of people will come against you, or you'll get stuck in a dangerous situation where there's gangs going on. I know of sometimes, my wife's told me she used to have a bus route in a really bad part of town, and there were times where gangs would be ready to fight. But you know what? They can't go any further than God allows either. And even governments. It really doesn't matter how hostile the government is. If God wants you in a country, they don't have any way to resist his power. Now, he may choose to bring it about in a creative way, but it's still his power. And he's going to bring it about. So there is nothing on heaven or earth that can stand in the way of God doing his work through willing servants. God has all power. So now we see what the therefore is there for. 
So what did he say to do with that power? He didn't say that he endued us with that power. You know, sometimes you think it'd be really nice to have the power to do anything you want to do. If God gave me that power, we would all be in a world of hurt because I don't know how to use it. But you know what? I have a hotline to the throne and he has all power and he knows exactly what needs to happen even when I don't. He said, I have all power. It's all been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. He said, get up and get about the business that I've called you to do. And it's not that he's given us the power to accomplish everything. He said, you go because I have the power. And you know what that means? He's going to go before us. When he sent the children of Israel into the land of promise, he said, you guys go in, you're going to fight the battles, but I'm going to be fighting with you. And when they were on God's side, no one could stand in their way. There were several times where there was an event that happened one specific time. They'd been fighting against this enemy, and it talks about they were, they were on the run, and then God sent a hailstorm, and the hailstorm killed more of the enemy than they did because God was fighting their battles with them to accomplish the goal. Jesus said, I have all power, go ye therefore. So who is he talking about to go? What is ye? In the King James Bible, you have pronouns that start with T that are singular, and you have the pronouns that start with Y that are plural. He's talking to his people, to his church. He's not talking to each person necessarily of his, his apostles, who are the specific audience here. He said, I want each and every member of the first church and every church that comes out of it to go and preach the gospel. Some of you will preach where you are because the people across your street need to hear the gospel. The people at the stores where you do business need to hear the gospel. Your friends, maybe on your sports team or maybe at work or wherever, they need to hear the gospel too. So we need a witness right where you're at. And you're going maybe just to get up and go across the street or to work or to wherever it is you're going and talk to those people about the Lord. When he said, go ye, that's for every one of us. As a part of his church, it's for every one of us to carry his gospel. But guess what? You're not doing it on your own. For a long time, it scared me to death to go out witnessing because I had no idea what I was going to say. Well, I turned out most of the problem with that was the fact that I didn't know the Lord myself. I was just putting on a show. And uh, finally, God got my attention, and I realized I don't have to know what to say. Because he does. If I know his word, and I'm in fellowship with him, his spirit can lead the words that you speak. If you'll listen to him, and do it his way. Whose job is it? to reach the lost. It's our job to preach the message. It's our job to tell them what God has had to say to them. It's his job to change their hearts because he's the only one who can. 
if you go in your own power, you're going to be in trouble. But you don't, you're not limited to just your power. Because you have the king of heaven who said, I have all power, now you go. And you know what that means? He is backing you with his power. And what were the limits on his power? There aren't any. What were the situations where his power can't suffice? There aren't any. What kind of enemy is his power insufficient to overcome? There aren't any. Because he has all the power. And you know what? Sometimes we let fear keep us from going out and doing what God wants us to do because we don't realize who it is that sent us. And you know what? He didn't stop with that. He said, I have all power. The purpose is to go ye and preach the gospel. But then he gave us a promise. He said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. All of that power that he has is in him and he is with us. There is nothing that can stand in his way. Don't let fear stop you from preaching the gospel. Don't let fear stop you from doing something that God wants you to do. God has given you everything that you have. And he gives every one of us 24 hours every day to use for his honor and glory. If we try to do something with it on our own, we're not going to accomplish anything of lasting value. But if we let him use his power, he is the Lord of the harvest. He's the one that does not want anyone to perish, but wants all of them to repent. He's the one that's given you an opportunity to be a part of what he's doing, whether it be by direct interaction with the people that you get to talk to, or whether it be by sending his word around the world through, another, through someone else to places you can't be. But it's his power. It's his harvest. It was his idea. Prayer is an awesome tool and you know what the best thing about it is? You're not bugging him. You're not bothering him. You're not irritating him by coming to him. Whose idea was prayer? It was his idea. And he wants you to use it. Be in fellowship with him. Abide in him. And watch him bring forth fruit. Because he will. He wants to use every single one of you to take the gospel to someone who otherwise would not hear. He wants to use each one of you through your church to send the gospel around the world. He has all the power and he's promised to go with you when you go. Now that day in the airport, I would have been pulling my hair out, what little of it there is left, but... God had already shown me that he's going to take care of us. 
sometimes through big things, sometimes through small things. And so I was going, uh, doing my best, my part, to try to find out where there was a mask that I could buy. And God had another traveler over in one of the other seating areas, pretty close to the newsstand, and said, hey, you need some masks? I've got some. God gave them to us for free. We didn't even have to pay for them. And he gave me enough to take care of mine and my wife's and my son's. And we got up there in the line, and we we're getting ready to go through with our nice masks on that are the, the grade that they require. And she says, your, check ba- your uh, carry-on bag is too big. I said, all right. I knew there weren't any batteries or anything in it that would keep it from going into the, the uh, cargo area. And she said, okay, we can, we can check it. So they checked it. You know what she was trying to do? She was trying to give me a hard time. She was, had let the power go to her head, and she was just causing trouble. Or maybe she'd had a bad day. I really don't know for sure. It looked to me like she was just causing trouble. You know what she ended up doing? Giving me a great sermon illustration, and I didn't have to mess with that check bag all the way to Oklahoma City because they checked it for free, and I didn't have to pay for it. The power of God is unlimited. Whatever problem you have, he already has the answer. And he can make it happen. And he usually does it in the way that you least expect. But you know that he's got it all under control. Don't ever let fear stop you from doing what God has told you to do. Give the gospel to anyone when the Spirit prompts your heart to go give the gospel to someone. Speak up. Anything that arises, he can take care of. He can even give you the words to say. If it comes time that God has asked you to give him or to commit to him something for your faith promise, it may look too big for you. But guess what? If he's the one that gave it to you, he can take care of that too. Make sure you're listening to him. He has all the power. And by the way, he has all the supply too. He can provide anything he wants to anyone he wants, anywhere he wants, but he chooses to use us. You know, I would rather be in the house of God than pretty much anywhere else on earth because I get to come and have fellowship with the king of heaven. And he wants to use me. And he wants to use you. Don't stand in the way. Be willing to submit yourself to whatever it is he wants to do. Because he can do it. And you get to be involved in it. And there is nothing better than that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Father, I thank you that you choose to work through your people. And Father, you choose to work in ways that we may never understand. Father, I thank you that you died for our sins. Lord, you redeemed us from the power of sin and death. And Lord, You've chosen to give us the message of salvation to all, to take that message to those that 
are around us and those around the world. Father, I pray that you would use us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.